Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Friday, December 3rd, and that means this is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups. We will hit the latest names to consider on the wire heading into the weekend and next week. And to do that, I'm joined, as always, by the guy who writes the waiver wire column on NBC Sports Edge, Jonas Nader, and noted waiver wire enthusiast, Steve Alexander. (laughs) Uh, Guys, I feel like we're here to talk waiver pickups, but it feels impossible still, as it's Friday just past noon on the East Coast, to not acknowledge that there was a 152-79 to 79, uh, professional basketball game on Thursday evening. That was just positively mind-blowing, Jonas. Yeah, we had Santi Aldama come out of nowhere <laughs> with one of the best lines of the season in like 15 minutes. Like, that was just bad. Well, how many points did the Thunder score in the second half? Were you tracking it? It had to be uh, less than 2015, maybe even. It was bad. Dude, like, I, really, think, really bad. Well, I think Santi Aldama was like a plus 53. Yeah. Stop it. And you tweeted you tweeted Jeremiah Earl Robinson was like negative 60 or something like that? Negative 56. No. Um, his plus minus was minus 56, the second worst plus minus of all time. The first worst plus minus of all time was Cleveland's Manny Harris. who was a minus 57 against the Lakers in 2011. And the, the, my favorite thing about that is his, his actual middle name is la, la adorable, la adorable, <laughs> um, Manny Harris. That is. So I, I learned some fun facts last night. The Blazers president just got fired as we're recording this. Really? What? Blazers president, Neil O'Shea. Yeah. Oh, wow. O'Shea, yeah. It's only a matter of time. I, I just got to stay on this game for a second. Jonas, I think it was uh, 72-36 in the first half and 80-43 to actually in the second half. So, uh, okay. so OKC upped their output in the second half. Also, yeah. I want to acknowledge the somewhat heroic effort by Lou Dort to score 15 on the losing side of that, <laughs> by the way. And uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., your guy, Jonas, really did some work in a mere yeah. 20 minutes. I think was it 27 points, six three-pointers, two steals, two blocks in 20 minutes? I mean, that's, yep. that is... Absolutely insane. That line moved him up to 20th and 9-cat on the season, too. So he's two rounds ahead of his ADP now. So after that slow start, he's cruising right now. If we take out the first three or four games of the season, he's probably in the first round. Like, now that his shot's back, he's rolling right now, too. So if yeah. you have JJJ on your roster, you got to be feeling pretty damn good right now. Up over two threes and two blocks per game. That's uh, that's useful, as it turns out. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to start our waiver wire conversation actually with a guy who played in that game. Tyus Jones got plenty done in just 21 minutes. You don't have to play Steve uh, that many minutes when your team wins by what was the what was the record saying number again? 73. 73. You don't need to play big minutes, Steve. He played 21 minutes. Jonas, tell us about your thoughts on one Tyus Jones. Yeah, I actually wrote in his uh, little snippet that he, he doesn't have as much upside as previous years because Dylan Brooks takes a shot. I put like every 23 seconds. But <laughs> even with two blowouts in his last three games, he's at 7.7 assists, four boards, 1.7 steals. 
and 0.3 triples. Like the triples are going to come up. Uh, the points are going to come up a little bit as well, but like assists and steals are the hardest stats to find in the waiver wire. So for that reason alone, Jones might be in the top 100 until Jaw gets back. And we still don't have a timetable for Jaw, by the way, too. So could be anywhere from a few weeks to a couple months. We just don't know. Yeah, they did. There was a blurb on NBC Sports Edge that uh, I think he's doing non-contact work. So that seems encouraging. But still, yeah, no, no concrete timetable, Steve. Uh, yeah, I haven't raced out to pick up Tyus Jones anywhere just yet. De'Anthony Melton had a really nice line um, in that game. But, you know, you can take that box score and throw it in the trash because it was a 73-point blowout or whatever the, the number was. And everybody on Memphis played well, and it, it's just a mess. But, oh, I did win a fan duel last night with James or Jeremiah Robinson Earl in it also. And uh, <laughs> one of the guys I beat was like, oh, great, Steve – plays the guy with the worst NBA performance in history and still beats us all. Uh, that was pretty funny, but he was 0 for 7, I believe. Jeremiah Robinson Earl. By the way, Steve, throw that box score in the trash. Positively never. That belongs in the Smithsonian. That is, This thing is an absolute treasure. I, I may not look at any more box scores all year. I'm just going to look at this one. It makes me so happy. <laughs> I will tell you this. What I do like about Tyus Jones, outside of the fact he doesn't really score, Memphis goes four games next week, four games the week after that. Then they have two, three games in a row, and then they have a five-game week. They're one of the few teams with a five-game week. Now, I would hope Job will be back before that January 3rd five-game week. But either way, with two four-game weeks coming up, I think rolling the dice on Ty, if you have somebody to drop, uh, works. And don't tell Jared this, but the Grizzlies are actually, they move the ball a lot better without Jaw. Like, that's not a knock on Jaw because Jaw's a terrific playmaker, but there's way more, there's way more passing, way more facilitating when Jaw's not out there because they have to, right? Right. So it's really benefited a lot of the role players. Like, even Bain's been logging some point guard reps too. Melton's running the offense for the second unit. So we're seeing a lot of fun stuff. And like I said, that's not a knock on Jaw. It's just other Grizzlies are really stepping up without him. And by the way, you mentioned Dylan Brooks earlier and his, his, tendency or willingness to uh, fire up shots. I also think that Brooks is a front runner this season for most distracting hair. Now that honor was uh, held by Alfred Payton, I feel like for a very long time, Alfred Payton, whose jump shot or free throws would famously hit his hair at times. It would block his hair would sometimes graze his shot on the way out. Dylan Brooks has a couple of braids that like kind of hang in front of his eyes. And I'm just, Mm -hmm. I was watching the game the other night. I was like, He's those are in his line of vision. Like I can't even imagine. I'm I'm easily distracted enough when I play sports. Like I can't imagine shooting with these two yeah. braids just kind of like hanging out in front of my face. It's uh fascinating stuff. You've been rocking those Burlington Coat Factory fur coats after games too. I don't know if you guys saw those tweets, but it's it. it's pretty shocking. It's like that Michael Scott uh, snippet too, where he has it's a giant bear. <laughs> and he said someone splashed blood on him walking out of Burlington Coat Factory. It just reminds me of that. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. But I, I do encourage you, take a look when, next time you're watching a Grizzlies game and see if see what you think. Like, Are those obstructing his vision potentially? I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on a, on a future podcast. Of course. Okay. Uh, where are we next? Oh, yeah. Well, we, we've seen some uh, productive box scores from Otto Porter lately. And uh, Jonas, I find myself wondering, I mean, can we believe in the minutes staying high enough for him to keep producing? I kind of do. I joke that he's basically been on a 10 second re- restriction for like the first two months of the season, which <laughs> you can't really blame Golden State because he's he's had one hip for like three years, right? He's had no mobilities uh, since his Wizards days, too. So 
He's finally healthy. Uh, one thing that was really interesting was Kerr was talking about the Suns bottling up Stephen Curry, and he said three players that could take the pressure off Curry on those nights. It was Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, and Otto Porter. So that tells me that the workload and the role is going to stay the same. And over his last five games, Otto Porter's in the top 70 with almost 13 points, six rebounds, 1.4 dimes, 1.2 steals, and 3.2 triples on 51% shooting. And if you look back to his Wizards days, the stats are basically identical too. So you can you can see his career is getting back on track. He's finally healthy. Uh, this is a very, very fun fantasy player from a few years ago too. So I'm excited about him. Um, Kerr has said over and over again that he's not worried about player development this season. That means we're not going to see a lot of Kuminga. So Otto Porter Jr., I think as long as he stays healthy, his role is here to stay. It's He's had an interesting month because he goes, he's only had two, uh, three games in the month of November where he did not have a steal, which is pretty cool. But he's also had, you know, he's been on kind of a terror for, for two weeks, scoring 16, 18, 12, and 15. But right in the middle, middle of that, he had a two-game, you know, one for four, 21-minute night. And then before that, he was really inconsistent. But it looks like over the last 10 days or so, he's figured something out. So I, I'm kind of feeling OPJ. The steals are there. The, the three-pointers are there, too. He's hit a ton of threes in four of his last five games. Uh, the Golden State Warriors go 3-4-3 three, three the next three weeks. So not a great schedule, but OPJ looks like he's catching fire. You mentioned that 21-minute game. We're probably just going to have to accept that those pop up periodically. So if you're adding Otto Porter Jr., I, right. I would encourage people not to overreact when you see a dud. I think you pick him up for a handful of games, not you know, not just one, and then, ah, I'm done. This guy stinks. And maybe the schedule actually plays in his favor if you want to look at it like as a silver yeah. lining. Less games may mean more minutes in the games he actually does play, potentially. Because I still think there's a chance he sits on back-to-backs as well, too. Like Their load management plan has been working for him, so you have yeah. to keep out keep that in mind all right bam Adebayo is out for weeks possibly more than a month we, we've seen one timetable thrown out there not connected to bam but just for this injury of four to six weeks so we're not sure exactly we do know he had surgery torn ligament in his thumb enter Dwayne Deadman Jonas yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate because I really want to see O'Meara Yurt seven get minutes because we saw what he could do in the summer league. Just just a fantastic uh, fantasy player. But it looks like we're going to get a lot of dead men, which uh, I wrote in here. Don't go and spend your prize pool if you pick him up because he's going to be okay, but he's not going to win your league. We've had four starts of them so far this year, and nothing spectacular, right? 7.5 points, 9.3 rebounds, 1.5 assists, and 1.5 blocks. Uh, the good thing about Deadman is, though, is he only takes shots within three feet of the rim, so his field percentage is going to be very high. Uh, so, yeah, we're looking at probably borderline top 100 player for the next four to six weeks. So nothing too crazy, but serviceable for sure. I'm a little worried about his knee. He's not the youngest guy in the league. He's got a knee issue, but I'm also extremely encouraged by his first night out without Bam, which was 11 points, 13 boards, two blocks of steel, and a three. If he can do that or come close to that uh, on a nightly basis, he's going to be he's going to be pretty awesome. So his DFS price has already jumped a lot from that first outing. Now that everybody knows he's going to be the starter. The other thing I like about him is the heat outside of the guy that Jonas mentioned, who I will never try to pronunciate that name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they really don't have anybody else to play center. So I, I think Deadman's going to get all the minutes that he can handle. I just don't know how many minutes um, he can actually handle. The Heat go 3-4-3 three, three next three weeks. Um, 
I'm kind of into Deadman. Like if he's sitting there in my league, I'm going to pick him up. But he's gone in, in all the ones we play in. Yeah, and 40% is the roster number on Yahoo. So that's kind of like the line where, well, that's the line where we talk about him, right? So, right. <laughs> this is the last time we'll ever, we'll say his name on this podcast uh, ever. Can I throw out one more Heat player too that I, for, I just completely forgot about? Yeah. Max Stress. Jimmy Butler's out for pro- probably the back-to-back set, we think. Uh, Stress, another summer league legend, really good player. And obviously the Heat don't even have Markeith Morris because Jokic basically ruined him. But yeah, they may have to play a lot of smaller lineups. Like you said, Deadman can handle about 13 minutes before he's bent over and gassed. So a lot of smaller lineups are going to be in the cards. So yeah, Max Stress is going to be kind of interesting this week. Max Stress, 1% rostered. Sorry to interrupt you, Steve. We don't often get to a 1% rostered player, but here we are. Go ahead, Steve. But Tyler Harrow is like a must play right now. And then Max Struess is a, a luxury, you know, let's see what happens if you need a if you need a bottom barrel, you know, 3,500 guy in FanDuel, I think Matt, throwing Max Stress out there right now is not a bad idea. Absolutely. We will now look at a player that I've had on my watch list for a while. Steve Alexander has laughed every time I've brought up his name. But apparently, are we thinking about now adding Killian Hayes, Jonas? Yeah. I mean, I've tweeted a few times that, like, Killian Hayes isn't my guy. Like, last year, he was outside the top 300. But yeah, if you're willing to punt field goal percentage, like, we're talking Nike Alexander-Walker bad in terms of field goal percentage but everything else is kind of nice right nine points five rebounds 4.3 dimes 0.7 blocks and one triples over his last three games the minutes are high and plus we have to keep in mind too he's actually really good at steals like they haven't been there the last three games but still for the season he's at 1.9 per 36 he had that big six steal game as well too so he's actually a really fun player kind of like the covington of point guards really that's high praise right there jonas i didn't love that hit that personal attack on me with the NAW diss. Um, <laughs> but man, he's been he's been terrible. <laughs> yeah. Really bad. And he was a sleeper of mine too, so I'm with you. Killing Hayes has scored in double figures in three straight games. Ten points, ten points, eleven points. So good job there. Six rebounds, uh, the assists, two and three in his last two games. He had eight the game before that. Did have two blocks, no steals in his last three. Like the Pistons have lost four in a row. You guys can have all the Killian Hayes. I'm good over here. I haven't I haven't picked him up yet. He's still uh watch list, still watch list status for me. Thirteen percent roster. They do go four four the next two weeks, so that's good. That's promising. But also, you know, Frank Jackson gets minutes and, and it has been playing pretty well. He's so boring though. Just points and threes. Corey Joseph. Yeah, but there's just a lot of guys eating up those minutes. Like I I don't know. If you could merge Frank Jackson and Killian Hayes stat lines into one, and that you got a nice fantasy point guard right there. That's like a, a absolutely. Re, that's like a top fifty guy right there. For sure, yeah, that's awesome. And we'll call him Frank Hayes. Oh, Killian Jackson actually sounds pretty cool. Actually, sounds dope. Yeah, I like that. Killian Jackson. I would draft Killian Jackson inside the top forty for sure. <laughs> we throw Kelly Olynyk into that too. If we're gonna go all in. Throw Kelly Kelly Olenek into that mix, right, for his late-season heroics. Wait, you mean you're combining three players now? I am, yeah. That's a first-rounder. I mean, let's let's We're already breaking rules, so, yeah. Two point guards and a big man combined into one player? Yeah, you can count me in. Uh, (laughs) Killian Olenek has has a cool ring to it, too. There you go. Not as cool as Killian Jackson. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's take some time offline, think about this, uh, and we'll come back For sure. next Friday and reconvene. 
Okay, sounds good. Uh, a, a player <laughs> sounds that good, st- sounds good, Peter. That Steve and I grew to appreciate during last year's playoffs. Cam Johnson has been doing some things for the Suns lately. What have you seen from him, Jonas? And this is kind of another guy, I guess, in the vein of Otto Porter Jr., who we kind of see those minutes go up and down. They've been trending up lately. Do we think that's just a random spike, or could this be, again, the sign of something sustainable? Well, he was actually trending up before the Devin Booker entry, so he's kind of intriguing here. Now, he's basically the Blake Griffin of shooting guards, which means there's not going to be any steals or blocks, (laughs) but everything else is solid, right? He had 19 points last night, 7 of 11 shooting, 6 rebounds, 4 triples, 2 assists, and a block. And over his last five, he's at 13 points, four rebounds, 1.4 dimes, and 2.8 triples, too. Devin Booker's probably going to miss at least two more games. Like, we know how tricky those injuries are. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Cam Johnson's a solid add. You'd think he could fall into a steal, right? Like like yeah. uh, our guy, THJ, in Dallas, or, or like Matt Straub in an NBA game. Like, you'd think you'd just fall into one by accident. But he just doesn't do it. I, I was kind of surprised to see Cam Johnson's name on the hot pickups of the day, you know, that in my Yahoo leagues, it says the most picked up players today are these guys. And Cam was like number two, I think. And like you said, it was happening before Booker went down. So he's played well. He's, he's scored in um, double figures in one, two, three, four, five, six of his last eight. And uh, the minutes fluctuate a little bit, like Matt said, but he's shooting the ball. Well, he's hitting a ton of threes. And I think the, the, if a guy is scoring in double figures every night, people start to notice. And with Booker being out, it only helps the Cam Johnson uh, experience. And I, I think it's interesting that the two leaders of the Suns last night were both Cams. It was Cam Payne and, and Cam Johnson that scored 19 points each to lead the way. And Matt, we talked about him before the season started. And I was, I was like, man, I might consider, I, I had Cam Johnson ranked somewhere and we were talking about it. And you're like, eh, I don't think he's really a guy anybody should be thinking about drafting this year. And I thought about it. And I was like, you're right. But this injury to Booker could change all that. Agreed. Suns play two, two games this coming week. So that's not ah, great. Forget it. It's over now. Forget it. After all that, Steve just gave us the, the full sell, the full thing on Cam Johnson. And he said, by the way, two games. Everything we just said is worthless. Hold the rug on us. <laughs> two games also for Chris Bosch this week, Doc. Chris Bosch plays two games? Yep. Oh, that is great. Great news. That means we got 22 minutes coming Chris Boucher's way. Yep. Can't wait. Surely not to be the last random waiver wire occurrence that will happen with the Rockets. We have a Garrison Matthews sighting in Houston. Jonas, tell us the story and uh, why he made your waiver column. Because the Rockets have no one else, right? Their entire team is on IR, it seems, right now. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. has aggravated his thigh at least four times in the last 10 minutes. So woke up this morning, tweaked it again, probably. So yeah, Garrison Matthews getting a lot of touches right now. 28 plus minutes in four straight games, 16.3 points, three rebounds, 0.5 dimes, 0.8 seals, and four triples. Now he is shooting 58%, so that's not going to hold, obviously. But Silas really, really talked him up after the last game. Said he's a good shooter, can take charges on defense, he's in the right place. Cited his toughness, and he said he's exactly what the group needs. And the Rockets have been winning some games lately, too. So he's here to stay, right? And they're not going to play Eric Gordon 35 minutes because that would literally kill him at this point in his career. But Garrison Matthews is here to stay. I love him. Yeah, but if you look at his game log and just – he hasn't played that many games this year, right? He's played in like eight eight games. 
there's almost no blocks. There's two blocks and two steals. There's four total assists, and there's 19 total rebounds. So Rafa and I talked about him on Thursday, and we were like, he's a one-trick pony. He's going to get you points and threes. He's going to walk into some boards. But the shooting's been good. The three-pointers have been awesome. And like you said, he's really the only thing working for Houston right now. Right. And I, I like him. I like him more than, than Rafa. Roth liked him yesterday. So I'm I'm good with him being on this list. And Houston goes three, four, three over the next three weeks. And you mentioned those minutes, 28 plus in the last four. It's 28, 38, 32, and 36. So well over 28 and three of those. And I mean, yeah, maybe it's a little bit of a lightning in the bottle situation. I'll be three weeks from now. Are we going to be rostering Garrison Matthews? Maybe not, but certainly worth a look right now, If especially if you can't get anyone who feels like a long, long-term long pickup out there as a short-term ad at the very worst. I like him. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We are headed down the backstretch of the NFL season, and the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet has you covered with Sunday Night 7. We are giving you a shot to win $1 million every Sunday night throughout the rest of the regular season. It is free and easy to play. Predict what will happen between the Broncos and Chiefs for a chance to win. Plus, right now you also have a chance to win an extra $25,000 by making your picks for the People's Choice Awards, which airs on NBC and E!, on Tuesday, December 7th. So download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. Matt. Yeah, what's that, Steve? A million dollars every Sunday for the rest of the season, and it's free. I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. You may not be allowed. I don't know if you're allowed to, but... Oh, yeah, I'm um, probably not allowed to play. Yeah, but if, I, if, I, mean, if I was, but, but yes, if I was, yeah. I'd be all over that. Uh, <laughs> by the way, forever smooth. You know, you're never supposed to read the comments, but I'm reading the comments... Uh, he said, Matthews is a better pickup than Killian. That's for sure. <laughs> I just thought that it. was funny. Yeah, that's a fair point. Killian's not for everyone, trust me. No, for sure. That's that's 100% true. Well, you look at the game log and it'll tell you that. Yeah. Killian Jackson. I think the thing with Killian Hayes is there's something in theory there. If he could, If he can just put all the pieces together at one time. It hasn't happened yet. But the skill set is there for a a fun fantasy point guard. It just hasn't been there all at the same time on, on most nights. So that's why he's on the waiver wire. All right. A handful of other names to consider. The Pacers are already without Justin holiday and they've now lost TJ McConnell to a wrist injury. So early season sensation, Chris Duarte is showing some signs of getting it going again, double digits in five straight 30 plus minutes in three of his last five. I think for me of all of the points and threes, primarily points and threes guys we've talked about, I think Duarte is actually the guy I would prioritize the most just because I think his skill set has room for a little more uh, dimes and steals on occasion and especially as the season goes on. Uh, What are your thoughts, Jonas? Yeah, 45-year-old Duarte. He looks pretty good lately. 12.8 points, 3.4 rebounds, two dimes, 0.8 steals, which should go up, by the way, probably closer to 1.5, and then two triples over his last five. Now, the shooting percentages, we need a viewer discretion as advice for those lately because they've been really, really bad. But if you look at his early season numbers, like they're going to come up. Like, so whatever you see now, add on yeah. to it, right? Because the, sh- the shooting is going to stabilize and we're already having a useful uh, county stat line too. So he's probably going to be playing 30 plus minutes comfortably, right? Because the Pacers have no one right now too. So 
I like Torte as an ad. Just be aware of the percentages in, in the meantime. Yeah, and TJ McConnell, it sounds like, is going to miss a while. So it, yeah. it could be several games. So that works in Duarte's favor. He hasn't slept in three days after he was fouled and missed that layup against the Hawks uh, on Wednesday. But I, did, I, I didn't see a foul there, Steve. I didn't see any foul on that play. Clean, <laughs> clean block by Kevin Herter. There was, some, there was some jersey. Didn't grab the jersey or hit the arm at all. There's some jersey grabbing. There's some arm hidden. But still, I mean, Duarte was literally six inches away from the hoop with the ball. So he should have made the shot. But anyway, 35 minutes in his last game against the Hawks. And that was the game McConnell went out in. So I think the minutes are going to be huge. And I, I was all uh, ready to fire him up in DFS tonight. But his price is pretty uh, substantial. Like he, They still value him pretty highly. So I don't know that he's the best. DFS play, but I, I think the minutes are going to be unlimited for Duarte going forward. I'm a little worried about shooting, like Jonas said. Pacers, uh, good Lord, three, 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 three. Uh, three games every week the rest of the season, apparently. Yeah. Hmm. Yikes. That's a little bit of a bummer, but I still I still like Duarte, though. I do, yeah. too. You, you're not going to ruin him for me, Steve, with your threes. You can't You can't throw 10. You can throw as many threes as you want. You're not going to ruin this for me, okay? I'm not going to let you do it. <laughs> All right, so put those threes away. Uh, Steve, I do want to give you one more chance to uh, endorse a waiver pickup of Facundo Campazzo because when we talked the other day, he, you were shockingly down on this guy. I mean, I here I thought you loved him. What is going on here? Have you and Campazzo had a falling out that I'm not aware of? I don't think we've had a falling out. He just hasn't he hasn't done anything to impress me. I think he was on a he was putting wow. up better numbers. He was putting up better numbers last season, I thought. And, you know, Rafa and I talked about him yesterday. And I was like, man, I, I love this guy, but I just can't get on board with him right now. He's, a, he's a, his I, last I, six games, 10.8 points, 3.7 dimes, 1.5 steals, 2.3 triples, 27 minutes per game. And he's 6% rostered in Yahoo, Steve. What what more do you want? I mean, what are your expectations? Have your expectations gotten so skewed for this guy that you're expecting like 18 and 8 from him? Because that's not what he does. That is not what he does. This is what he does. Well, his cohort there in the backcourt had a really good game, finally. He, Monty Morris finally broke out, right? Or at least he hit 10 or 15 shots and scored a bunch of points. He didn't do much else. But, you know, Composo in that last game Wednesday was seven points, two boards, four assists. He did have two steals and a three. That's not bad. He played 27 minutes. That's pretty good. With Bones Highland out, like if there was a time to grab Composo, it's now. But I'm going to wait. Until he has a really good game, and then go try to get him after after he's gone. Miss out. You're gonna miss out. He's gonna miss I out, am. Jonas. I have I him as a low end pickup because, as I said earlier, assists and steals are not easy to find the wire. Go look at your wire right now and try and find someone that can give you an assist and steals. It's just not there. So, Camposo right. for that reason alone probably puts him close to the top 100 just in the meantime. I mean, for God's sakes, they just signed Devon Reed out of the G League. He's probably gonna play 50 minutes right away because the Nuggets have nobody right now. Um, they won't use Bull Bull. They want to let him develop for the next 15 years before he gets a chance. So uh, good for them. But anyway, yeah, I, I like Composo. They're using a lot of two-point guard lineups. But I think Steve's just a little upset about his slow start of the season because Composo at the beginning of the season was horrendous. So he's starting to turn things around now, but we'll see. I like that Jonas, the, the infusion of Jonas this season has added uh, just some much-needed uh exaggeration that i like i like the uh <laughs> Dude, the, the one-liners that you just that they just flow like it's 
part of his DNA. Yeah. The zingers, the 48-year-old Chris Duarte <laughs> out of nowhere. That was, that was pretty solid. Tough scene. He's 24. I can be pretty brutal sometimes. DeAndre Bembry, speaking of steals, which we were talking about a second ago, his last five games look like this, 9.6 points, six boards, 1.2 steals, 1.0 blocks in 31 minutes per game. He has not been hitting threes lately, and he is a legitimately horrendous free throw shooter when he gets to the line. But he's getting a shot with the Nets very injured right now. Joe Harris, we know, is out and just 11% rostered. So, Jonas, did he make the column, or uh, where are we with Bembry? I didn't because he kind of gives me those Josh Jackson vibes where the county stats are okay, but then he gets completely obliterated your field goal percentage, free throw percentage, and turnovers too. So I think we're seeing some Atlanta bias because he actually had some really good games in Atlanta back in the day. But uh, I was more interested in James Johnson initially, and then they kind of pulled the rug on his minutes again because James Johnson is actually a really good fantasy player per minute. I know Steve's been a big James Johnson guy in the past, especially during his Miami days. But yeah, there were some intriguing players for Brooklyn the last couple of weeks. I mean, it's kind of like pick your poison lately. Um, if you want to just avoid all three of them, you'll probably come out better, to be honest, because it's just such a revolving door there right now. I, uh, the same guy that noted, Richard, the same guy that noted that Jeremiah Earl had the worst game in NBA history, yet was on a winning FanDuel team. He had DeAndre Bembry against me last Wednesday, and Bembry had like nine points and 10 boards, three steals just like this monster game. And that's when I, that was when I noticed that Bembry was actually relevant again. And I think I'm more interested in him in a DFS scenario than necessarily picking him up and putting him on my roster. But I've got Bembry in my lineup tonight. He's super cheap. And, you know, he's had some good games over his last few, like he's kind of hot 18 and nine and one, the nine, 10, three steals and a block in the other. You're not going to get any three-pointers out of the guy. His field goal percentage is outrageously high for these last three games. That's not going to stick. But he's getting steals, getting some blocks, getting some assists, and he's rebounding the ball. So I'm kind of in on Bembry right now. I'll say if you're in a situation where, let's say, you're in a weekly matchup and you have like daily pickups and you just need kind of a a YOLO type of pickup for like a Saturday or Sunday where you got to make up some ground – that's the situation where I would look at Bembry because he is capable of putting up these crazy stat lines. I mean, when he played for the Hawks, he was the ultimate like, no, 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 yeah. yes guy. Like, he's a little bit reckless as a player, so he, he can look incredible yeah. at times and then do the most head-scratching things. So that can lead to dynamic stat lines from time to time. And the Nets, to your point, Matt, the Nets go four, game, four games uh, this coming week and then four games after that. So you may be in a situation where you're in a deeper league and you need to find a guy that plays on Friday and Sunday. That that might be your guy. That's the end of the names that I wrote down based on what you told me, Jonas, and what I wanted to add. Do you have any other names that we haven't mentioned yet that you feel like we got to say before we go? The only guy I didn't hear was Emmanuel Quickly. I think we have to mention him. He almost didn't qualify for the list. I think he's at 30% rostered the last time I looked. So Alec Burks has been long gone. He doesn't qualify for this list, but Quickly still there. Now, we haven't got a full picture of the rotation without Kimba because RJ Barrett has been sick. Like me, has no voice. Uh, sounds awful. But uh, quickly, 38 minutes in back-to-back games. And I wrote, God bless Tom Thibodeau because only Tom Thibodeau would play guys for 38 minutes. And I just love that. So if quickly can maintain just 75% of this role, like he's going to be really fun. Uh, low field goal percentage, the Nike Alexander-Walker syndrome. But 13 points, 3.3 assists, 3 rebounds, 0.7 steals, wish that was higher, and 2.3 triples over his last six games. Like, I'll take that all day. Yeah, quickly should have been on that list. Uh, I have a funny 
waiver wire story for you. That one league that I'm in that is kind of old school, like you have to put in your waiver request and then it, it goes through like a two day process before oh, you can get a guy. This is awful, by the way. So this I put is in giving for, me flashbacks like 1998 fantasy hoops and, I, and it's awful. I put in for Anthony Simons, who was a smoking hot pickup uh, about 12 hours ago. And of course he rolled his ankle last night and I wake up this morning to an email that says, congratulations, your waiver <laughs> request on Anthony Simons went through. Are you going to take over his rehab on his ankle? <laughs> and I assume you, did you say you woke up to an email or a fax of that news, Steve? How did you receive it? Was How did actually, you receive it was, you got a letter. It was on my pager. And then I, I went to my <laughs> home called phone the and called, called the number back and it, it sent me to Yahoo and, yeah. This gentleman there was like, oh, hey, we just wanted to let you know that you got Anthony Simons. So you're in a Yahoo League so old that it has a phone line where you just talk to a person <laughs> where you get the updates. Yes. And you, that's how you set your lineup, right? Like you call you call that line and you're like, move move <laughs> Bembry to utility. No, no, no. Sorry. Move Bembry to small. F- oh, wait. This isn't going to work. How do you add a player on a typewriter? Dude, it's funny. My baseball league in 1992, you you had to call the commissioner on Sunday nights with your moves. You're like, I want to put in for this guy. and this. Yeah, it was crazy. Amazing stuff. Did we finish that story or did I interrupt you? Oh, we did finish it. Yeah, you got you. I got think Anthony that Simons. was the end. I mean, the yeah, end okay. is I have a one-ankled Anthony Simons on my on my team. Yeah, but, but you put it, you put in the waiver claim six days ago when it seemed like a good idea. <laughs> Maybe he won't be out too long. All right, well... That is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We are here Monday through Friday, every week throughout the regular season. Thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live with us. If you're looking for more waiver wire pickups, make sure to check out Jonas's column on NBC Sports Edge. Steve, Jonas, thanks to both of you guys. I'll see you and talk to you next week. See you, Matt. Jonas, do you want to say bye? No, I'm good. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs>